No Holding Back podcast featuring MPs Ian Lavery, member for Wandsbeck. If you want to be a millionaire in 2021, marry a Tory or donate £400,000 to the Tory party. It's the best, most assured way of making yourself a millionaire, whether it be in PPE, whether it be in medical practice, whatever it might be. John Trickett, member for Hemsworth. Tories bloody well promised a million laptops and then suddenly announced that they weren't going to deliver them. And now we've got yeah. kids all over my constituency, poor kids all over our country and communities everywhere, unable to get access to education. I think it's absolutely appalling. And former crew MP Laura Smith. I was one of those people who left education and, and being a teacher. Um, it Nothing makes me more angry than reading that teachers are they're not committed, they're letting these children down. They, All of this rubbish that is pushed out by the media and is basically coming straight from, from number 10, those lines are. They'll discuss the issues of working class communities, celebrating the culture, the solidarity, the divides, and how the working class vote can be won back for Labour. Join the three for this weekly podcast for passionate, and heartfelt discussion. Hi and welcome everybody to the No Holding Back podcast and this is our first one of January and my goodness we are on what the 8th and we've already seen so much happening in politics across the world it is quite incredible actually if we thought that we were in for a quieter year than last year i think we were very very much mistaken for those of you who don't know me i'm laura smith i host and chair no holding back and my wonderful colleagues are joined with me today happy new year john trickett and happy, happy new, new year, year to you Ian to all the very best laura it's uh, a pleasure as always. Have you had a nice relaxing time off or is that a silly question to ask? I, I spent a uh, boxing day looking at the, I was looking outside I am looking at the uh, document about getting out of Europe, which was seriously uh, seriously flawed as we know. but yeah I had a, uh, I've had a good break. Thank you very much. About you, Ian. How about a, a, a break with Wimmy family, which has been nice, obviously, in self-isolation. And with good colleagues and comrades on this car, we've we've been in touch with each other, which is like mad me Christmas. Great people, great people, because these are dark, bleak times, and uh, it's only good comradeship and good friends that can actually take you through this. This is lovely. You're being extra nice to me uh, today, well, which is we're also um, we're also really pleased today to be joined by two people who have been working harder than most at the uh, well the end of last year all the way through last year and certainly this first week and that is Sarah Vaughan who is NEU District Secretary at Cheshire East and Pete Middleman who is NEU Northwest Regional Secretary as well as Vice Chair for the Northwest TUC and we're going to be having a conversation today about the situation that has unfolded in schools uh, across this country. And we obviously have now been plunged into the third lockdown. It's been an absolute shambles as far as I'm concerned. How these guys are still standing is a miracle and it will be fantastic to be able to hear 
from them and get their voice out there because sadly all too often our mainstream media is not reporting what actually needs to be heard please as always follow us on our no holding back twitter and make sure that you are downloading all of our information from our no holding back website we're going to kick off with our usual feature right now which is the weekly rage and for those of you who don't know it's just one minute where one of us gets picked at random to rage about something that is currently in the press i'm not ragey at all actually oh, am oh, i oh. i'm very calm very oh, calm and we've controlled. never noticed that before by the way <laughs> but i've already i have already picked this i've been quite organized please don't start suggesting that this is a fix today's weekly rage is going to be ian lavery oh. i think that's that's the best way to start uh, the year with a rage oh. review ian and the topic that i picked out is the bbc so you have one minute ian starting in just a moment i'm going to get my klaxon you know the rules when the minute's up you hear the klaxon you need to shut up all right good stuff you ready ian yep one minute starting now i hope 2021 will be a much better year for everyone not just the tory cronies who are suddenly increasing in terms of with a millionaire status. If you want to be a millionaire in 2021, marry a Tory or donate £400,000 to the Tory party. It's the best, most assured way of making yourself a millionaire, whether it be in PPE, whether it be in medical practice, whatever it might be, donate or marry uh, a Tory. I'd love to donate a Tory, by the way. Wouldn't that be absolutely fantastic? What we've seen, every tin pod dictatorship has a national media channel. Is that what the BBC has actually become? A tin pod dictator media channel for the Tories. Listen to what's happened in Capitol Hill this week. It was suggested that there was minor scuffles happening in the Capitol. Absolutely outrageous. Is this what the BBC has become? Paying 400,000, Richard Schwartz then become the chair of the BBC. Hang on, my claxon's not working, Ian. My claxon's not working. I'm just going to shout. I'll I'll just say, you spent spent your £400,000 wisely. (laughs) You've been given the job as a chair of the BBC. You're milking the system. Cut, cut, cut. It's over. I can't believe, I can't believe my claxon wasn't working. It's a good job I had my school bell for the old days. You had your bell, John, and you were ringing it, but I couldn't hear it properly. We've got, you've got to be louder than that for uh, getting cutting off Ian Lavery. Why was Lavery so calm today? That that was not (laughs) a a usual Lavery rant, though. (laughs) When he he started off, it was a little bit like an address from the Queen, wasn't it? That's how I felt. <laughs> anyway, that well, I agree is. I with our... every word you said, by the way. It was spot on. Yeah, our weekly rage uh, kicking us off this year. And based on that, it, it can only get better, hopefully. We'll have all the technical things no, sorted no. for next week. <laughs> Without further ado, though, we have to get on to more serious things. And I, like many people, many, many people up and down this country have had that dilemma this week of trying to juggle working from home 
and teaching my young children. I have a four-year-old and a nine-year-old. Now, I'd already made the decision uh, last week that I wasn't sending my children back to school. As most people who we've discussed before, my parents live with me here. From the conversations that I had had with, with people both in education, outside of education, I decided it was not safe for my children to be going into school at this point especially with elderly parents living at home. So I came under quite a lot of attack for that by some people. And this is an incredibly personal choice, of course, and not everybody's situation is the same. I am very lucky in that, although it is difficult, my children have access to IT at home and we can just about manage and get through it. And I know that that isn't the situation for so many people. But I think the thing that has been so disappointing is just how shambolic the handling of this has been by our government again. And the fact that people, teachers were having to plan to go back into school, that the information has been out there for so long from our scientists about the situation within within school and the fact that children are spreading this and these teachers are going in, putting themselves at risk. They all go in on Monday doing, you know, a lot of teachers went in on Monday because they felt like they didn't have any choice. And all for Monday night, it's all closed again and the government do a massive U-turn. And the reason that the government did that massive U-turn is because of the pressure that has been put on them by people like the guests that we have today, who, thank God, they have been fighting so loudly for not only teaching staff, but parents as well. Because although it's inconvenient, let's be honest, it's inconvenient having your children at home. I would much rather they were here and we could get this virus under control once and for all than continue in this spiral that we have been for the last six months. John, what's your feelings on this? Well, first of all, it's a great privilege to have two trade union officials, uh, representatives here. The NEU, the trade union, and the other unions too, it wasn't only them, but they speared it. I think played a fantastic uh, role. They called the government out. Eventually, obviously, the government had to accept the argument which the unions had made. And it showed, I thought, the power of people working together, workers working together and reaching out to the community. I don't know what the numbers were, but I know there were tens of thousands of people online yeah. watching the NEU executive. I think over 100,000 people. Uh, yeah, I, th- I, think he, I think he was the biggest ever trade union meeting Meeting, that's ever happened yeah i can imagine and what a power first of all that the technology gives us so that we don't have to depend on the sun and the telegraph and the daily mail and all those right-wing newspapers for us to communicate with teachers with the wider community with parents and kids what a tremendous and wise thing it was for the union but also a brilliant uh, organization too i thought you know let's just pay tribute to them but I mean, I believe that the unions save lives by yeah, the absolutely token. We, we we expressed solidarity before the union uh, before the union persuaded the government to back down because that's what they did. Let's be honest, they backed down. And let's be clear, the Tories have continually made bad decisions about our children. I'm going to come to why in a second, but I'll never forget and never forgive the fact that so many MPs sat there, put their hands up, 
and voted against hungry children having mm. meals during the autumn holiday break. It was shocking to see it, deplorable, yeah. and they should never be forgiven ever again for the Tories for what they did. But look, I mean, the schools have now closed, but I just want to just mention very briefly, you know, the situation. I am a Wakefield MP. We are in the worst 10 areas in the country for children leaving with no qualifications at all. Wakefield, Doncaster, which is next to us, the same. And we think of a look at the figures. Most of the schools in the richer areas of the country, they were able to raise donations from parents so they can buy laptops and things like that, provide for the kids. The poorest communities, are massively, those schools are massively deprived of, of technology. And obviously, if you go then to people's homes, the poorer people, they don't have internet, they don't have Wi-Fi, they don't have laptops. You know, you mm. read of poor kids actually trying to do essays on a phone with 4G. It's the only way they can connect. So the fact that the Tories, and I'll, I'll finish maybe on this point, though there's a lot to say. Mm. The Tories really well promised a million laptops and then suddenly announced that they weren't going to deliver them. And now we've got yeah. kids all over my constituency, poor kids all over our country and communities everywhere, unable to get access to education. I think it's absolutely appalling. I saw the news the other day, there was a young family on with no access. People, view, TV viewers were donating laptops yeah. because the bloody Tory government cannot be bothered to think about poor people. So my final point is this, what happens at Eton? and mm. all these public schools. What happens is, first of all, they close those schools. The rich people's schools were closed. They've all got access to IT. They've all got access to Wi-Fi. Yeah. And they're all doing fine. And I think the Tories don't look much further than that, to be honest. I don't mm. think they give a damn about state education. And it makes me absolutely angry that that should be the case. Yeah, completely and utterly agree with you, John. I had a conversation this morning um, as in my role as a counsellor with a school that got just 17 laptops in the last lockdown. And they have a, they're the most deprived school, basically, in crew. And they are just, the teachers are devastated because they want to be able to provide an education for these kids. They know that they need it. But they're not just dealing with a lack of IT. They're also dealing with the fact that a lot of these families, there are problems that have been going on for generations. Some of the people in the family, they even if they were to be given a laptop, can't access it, don't have the skills to be able to use it. So there's so many different things that are going on and the inequality has been made worse and worse and worse over the last 10 years. We know that this situation that we're seeing now has been made a million times worse by the fact that all of our schools have been experiencing real terms cuts for at least a decade. Yep. Are you angry? Does it even come close to, no. to how you're feeling? No, it doesn't come anywhere near uh, close to the way I'm feeling. Solidarity to the teachers' unions, solidarity to every single teacher, every single teaching assistant, everybody who works on the education sites who are all involved in this really difficult uh, situation. I've spent most of the, the last few days uh, in discussions and Zoom calls with individuals uh, from different schools. I had a Zoom call only last night with people from nurseries. And I find it extremely difficult through a whole number. We shouldn't forget nurseries now. No. They're the, the only part of the system that really is open to everyone. And that's 
creating massive problems. There's threats to nurseries that if they don't reopen, that every single child in Funan will be withdrawn. So there's lots of massive issues out there. And, you know, I've got to say, Laura, we, we, we've got Sarah and Peter on here, um, people who work at the big point of the education system. It's always good and it's always right to listen to people who are actually working in the field. What we've got at this moment of time is a very, very dangerous situation. And why have teachers not got the right to invoke Section 44 of the Industrial Relations Act? Because it's about health and safety. It's mm-hmm. about the potential to bring infection to your family, to your community. It's a proven fact that this is the case. And the, the, the reality is the government just haven't gotten to grips. So listen, I've just got an email this morning from a, a woman in my constituency. It was absolutely furious, just furious that she's been informed that if she's not happy with the schooling from the, the virtual school and from uh, her school, mm. that she should report oh, no. to Ofsted or the head teacher because it's not acceptable. Mm. This from Gavin Williamson. It's an absolute outrage. This man isn't fit to be in the cabinet. This man in my view, is clueless about education. He's probably went to the finest schools, but it doesn't in any way, shape or form, by the way, read the finest individuals. No. Uh, and that is the fact. But can I just say, Laura, that the teachers, you know, the, in the teaching profession, it, I'm not sure, maybe Sarah or Peter will put me right on this, but it's not so long ago as there was more people leaving the profession mm. uh, than there was joining the profession because the, the way in which teachers have been mm-hmm. used as scapegoats for for like years and years and years and years now. And when you look at what teachers actually do now to what they did uh, a few years ago, you know, yeah. in my constituency, we recently had a survey, uh, Laura, the teachers joined in, you know, that they're bringing food in for the kids, they're teaching the kids, bringing food in for the kids, they're washing the kids, they're bringing clothes in, the soon cases socks. They're playing much more than yeah. a teacher's role. They're playing a social a services type role to many yeah. kids. And, you know, that should never be forgotten. And the trust issue was here. Who do you trust? Somebody whom you leave your kid with five days a week? Or do you have trust in Gavin Williamson, who was absolutely clueless? Solidarity to every everybody because it's a real machine on the educational side it isn't just the teachers it's everyone working together and every single teacher i've ever spoken to everybody who works in education has got one absolute priority and that's the health and well-being and education of the kids in their care yeah, 100%. I say this all the time, and I was one of those people who left education and being a teacher. Um, it Nothing makes me more angry than reading that teachers are, they're not committed, they're letting these children down. They All of this rubbish that is pushed out by the media and is basically coming straight from, from number 10, those lines are. Nothing could be further from the truth. It is, it's so insulting. And I, um, I'm i going to come over to you first, Peter, actually, because like Ian said, it's important that we hear from people who are actually on the ground with this. And Peter, can I just ask, 
for an overview of what this whole experience has been like for for you um, managing a region for the NEU and obviously in your position as vice chair for the TUC. But go on, tell us how bad's it really been? <laughs> it's certainly been an intensive week, um, but but thanks for the kind words and the messages of, of solidarity. I think you're right. It's an Absolutely a defeat for Gavin Williamson and the government. It's one that the early signs indicate they're not going to take very gracefully, I have to say. But nobody in the union was celebrating on Monday night when Boris Johnson announced that the schools were going to close because we've been warning them literally for six months that this was going to happen and they could have avoided it. We, we wrote to Boris Johnson on the 10th of June with a 10-point national education recovery plan which dealt with the issues around mental health, the way that children were coming out of the last lockdown, dealt with issues around funding, particularly funding for some of the initiatives arising out of the pandemic, free school meals, a plan B for exams, which we're still yet to hear a detailed plan of, provision of laptops, we won them about six months ago, a, a sort of rotor suggestion that we made, a, a nightingale approach for schools, extending the footprint of schools so as we could socially distance and reduce transmission and, and none of that was forthcoming they buried their heads in the sand it was all, almost a, a mantra to keep schools open at, at any cost so it's been a difficult time for the profession and it's obviously been very very difficult for the union and um, I think it was Ian mentioned there about the um, the, the record numbers of, of teachers who are leaving the profession and our studies suggest that workload is the primary issue that drives teachers out but actually, when you look at that, it's a lack of professional autonomy that mm. teachers don't have any control over their workload, dancing to Ofsted's tune. If there's one positive from the last few days, teachers have articulated their professional voice very, very loudly and very, very clearly. And I think that will leave a legacy that we can work with in the future. Absolutely. Can I ask as well, Ian brought it up. I was just disgusted with Williamson. I think that I can't get more disgusted with these people, but then I hear him telling parents that they need to write to Ofsted to complain if they don't feel like their school is doing enough. I've already tweeted about it. I've put it out on my Facebook. We now have one of our homes schooling things that we've done is we've got a big flag now hanging out of our window which says pay rises for all key workers and I am so furious on your behalf I'm going to be doing everything that I can to organize people to be putting in complaints to Ofsted about Gavin Williamson and the state of this government because they are the people who are responsible for this how dare they frankly Peter well, one of the provisions they've sneaked in is a statutory duty on schools now to provide between three and five hours of contact time, supervised contact time with students who are, who are learning at home before they've provided the laptops. Within mm. weeks of them rationing the laptops, you know, 10% of those they'd initially promised had been delivered. Um, so he's, he's standing in the eyes of the profession is, is shot to pieces, his credibility and his authority have gone, you know, some of us are sitting on a, an eight to one ticket with Paddy Power for him to be the next ministerial casualty. Uh, yeah. I suppose we should declare that interest, actually. But uh, <laughs> how, how, he's, how he's still there, uh, I'll never know. You won't get eight to one now, by the way. It's eight to one, Max. <laughs> oh, is, is it true that thousands of people are joining the union at the moment? Yeah, you, you mentioned the numbers on the call. It was a, it was a members meeting following the executive, actually. So... We've got a 20,000 limit on our Zoom, but we know that because we put it on Facebook and on YouTube, 
there was at least 40,000 members, but there was 100,000 people watching wow. for the full hour and 400,000 engaged with it at wow. any one point. Well, we've recruited, recruited 21,000 members since New Year's. Fantastic. Wow. Oh, wow. And now it's what, it, we've got to make sure we reorganise and kind of we'll talk about what the Labour movement can do to support you towards the end of this. I wanted to bring you in, Sarah, because, Sarah, we've known each other for a long time since we stood in a very <laughs> rainy square in, in Nantwich Town Centre protesting against the cuts to schools. It seems like a lifetime ago. I feel much, it much does. older. We need to bust this myth that the the union is somehow meddling, is separate to teachers, isn't really on the ground because it is not true. Sarah, you are working in school. You Your members are working in schools, obviously. Can you explain how people, how your members, how these teachers, how your friends are, are managing currently and how they're feeling? Yeah, and... Uh... Hello, everybody, and thanks Hi. to repeat as well the thanks that Pete gave to John, Ian, and you too, Laura, um, and your the support that you have shown us. Just as we are having a little bit of a rant here, but I just want to make it really, really clear that as the National Education Union, we are representing all our members of the workforce who are in schools. It's not just teachers; it's those TAs, it's the cleaners. Mm-hmm. It's the red, well, we call them red coats at our school. It's the people yeah. who go in as midday assistants, all those people who make a school work, the office staff as well. And mm-hmm. I have to say that since going back in September, it has been one of the most difficult periods in education that I've experienced. And I've been in education for a very, very long time. And in my role as an A officer, so as a district secretary supporting my colleagues across the across schools but also as a teacher it has been very very difficult and we have seen a massive increase in workload Hmm. I'm representing staff who have contracted COVID and are struggling with the long-term effects of that illness I think that's Hmm. forgotten I think it really is forgotten the impact that it has but also on our students as well what the government doesn't recognise as well is that a percentage of those students who have contracted COVID, yes, they come back to schools, but they are suffering from the impact of it. Mm. It's worn them out. They're finding it difficult to engage in the work because they are still ill. And all of that is brushed under the carpet. It's not mentioned. It's forgotten about. And also a big shout out as well to our colleagues in the special schools. Yeah. Since the uh, government has introduced all these different, or well, they've added them, I get, you know, they've added them. Who is a vulnerable, who is a key worker? Our, it is a myth. Schools are not closed and schools never yeah. closed over this crisis. We were in on a rotor throughout the whole period of time. And we were working from home to educate our students as best we could, despite all the obstacles that were put Mm. in place by a lack of government funding over the years, the lack of equipment, etc. And the thing is this, we have got primary schools in this area who have got 50 to 60 percent of their students in because they are classified as key workers or as vulnerable. We've got the special schools. It's absolutely in 
you know, the situation for our special school colleagues is very, very difficult indeed. Yeah. And the government has this power under this COVID education, you know, this COVID law, whatever they've done, to essentially bully schools into taking mm -hmm. students to do whatever. And schools are working, you know, teachers, support staff, everybody's working hard. Yeah. We fought hard a long campaign many years ago to get that Burgundy book recognition and protection for our teaching staff, mm -hmm. yeah, that yeah. green book recognition and protection for our support staff too. I will mm -hmm. be open and honest with you, that is being trampled on under the guise that we can yeah. do this because this is COVID. What does that result in? Exhausted staff, staff going off on long-term stress, um, I did a survey of my members in Cheshire East. We did a survey of them. Their workload is increasing. Their mental health is at breaking point in many respects. Remember also, many of these have got their own family family members, uh, children mm. at home. We've got our, also we've got a high percentage of our staff are women. And 70 to 80% of our members are women. Some of those, yeah. they're single parents. They're having yeah. to try and educate their children they're being told they have to be on a rotor i think i've gone a bit berant here but i'm just You're going right. to say as well cool. you know as the, the higher echelons of the labor party kate green and starmer were sadly lacking they mm. did not come out when they should have come out and back the unions we were not coming at it with absolutely nothing we had sensible scientific advice and as pete said a fantastic programme that would have prevented the crisis that we are in now. Because yeah. if they'd gone to rotor systems, if that had been done, if the Labour Party at the top, and I'm not saying you, but if at the top, they'd actually stood by the collective unions who were saying, we are in crisis in yeah. schools, please back us. And I know that's only been a real a turnaround when we had Kate Green come as the new education minister, <laughs> etc. But I think we have to we have to address that too. Yeah, and we do uh, need to address that as Sarah, well. You've, you've made so many points that needed to be heard. Yeah. One, I think, is remembering that there is this pandemic, this deadly virus that is going through our communities across our country, the way that that has been dealt with, the fact that we are in such a bad position compared to other places on this planet now, that our government has failed to deal with this. I think that's the first point, that point of, of stress of, of this virus. I think what you've just said about the Labour Party is absolutely right. We, the three of us, were saying this uh, last week on Socialist TV, and it's, uh, I'm ashamed of it. I am ashamed of the, how slow the Labour Party were to come out on this, and it's not good enough. It just is not good enough. The Labour Party has to give working people a reason to vote for them. And if they can't stand up for teachers and teaching staff and all of those in schools at a time like this, in time to put that pressure on the government so that schools didn't have to go back at all, that's what should have happened. If they can't do that, then we have a massive problem. Ian, John... What would you like to kind of bring in just to, to the guys? We haven't got loads of time, but I think this is vital that we have this conversation and and that especially not us, but Peter and Sarah are heard. 
can I just say, just, just briefly, um, it's, it's really important that you listen to the experiences of, of Sarah and Peter and many of the other people, as I said before, who are at the, the sharp end of all this. These are the people who have done their best. These are the people who then uh, are at the wrong end of these horrendous decisions by the likes of Williamson. And these are the people who will, uh, through, through time, put it right again. These are the most trustworthy people that you know we got, and, and I think they're doing a marvelous job. And I know there'll be lots of stresses. Just one point, Lauren, bearing in mind the time, I really have got a massive issue with the disadvantaged kids and the way that um, they find they find it difficult when the school system's in full operation and full sway. Uh, you know, we we've got many disadvantaged people. We've got the the kids who will never have the right sort of equipment in order to uh, work from home. They'll not have the safe working environment, many of them, to do or they'll be suitably educated working from home. But we've got to do everything we possibly can. We've got um, difficulties in my constituency. I was speaking to the chief executive of the council last night because there's lots of deprived people in my constituency and we are struggling. We're not going to yeah. get everybody to get a laptop. A lot of them haven't got the access to the internet in any event. But, mm. you know, what Williamson has is, is, is just simply said, if you haven't got the equipment, you'll, you can be classed basically in the same uh, as key workers, vulnerable people, so get back to school, yeah. which yeah. inevitably in my area means that, you know, the schools are going to be back to where they were before the close. And we've got to we've got to make sure, please, we've got to make sure that we're going to leave these people behind. Yeah, I think as well, Ian, it's, it's the fact that it's taken COVID to expose the fact that we have so many children who are living in this situation in the first place. How? How is that right? How has it been allowed to happen? It's, it's, you know, it it, doesn't not boil everybody. It's not roil everyone to listen to the Tories now crowing about how the need to support those most deprived kids and the most deprived communities. But it was only a matter of weeks ago where nearly every single Tory voted against yeah. the very same kids from yeah. having even a bite to eat. Uh, well, and this is what we've got to put up with. Yeah, the fact, the fact is that, and I'm going to bring you in now, John, but the fact is the reason that we have disadvantaged children in this country is because politicians have failed them. They yeah. have failed them and our politics yeah. and the system that we currently have has caused this inequality. And unless we deal with that, holistically across the board then this is just going to get so much worse and how awful that it's taken a deadly pandemic eh, to to kind of start waking some people up to it john yeah well thanks so much i mean yeah i always feel humble when i listen to working people in whatever industry or profession because the knowledge and the expertise which they have is far more than the politicians and of course we have a political class and i've said this before who many of whom have never been to uh, an ordinary school themselves, a state school. The vast majority of politicians at senior level went to Oxford, a single university. Large numbers of them went to a single school. They have no understanding, I think, many of them, what actually it is to be a teacher in any school, but especially in a teacher in a deprived area like the ones I represent. And so when we listen to the teachers, they're representing the profession. Of course they are. Of course mm. they are. But they're also speaking up for the children who've got the greatest difficulty because of poverty and low pay, bad housing, not the fault of the parents, the fault of a system which the Tories have helped to uh, create and pe- perpetuate. 
I thought it was wrong that the leadership of the part, our party failed to call for the uh, support for the union, uh, but we did. We were absolutely yeah. crystal clear about it. I admire the union. I think they developed inter intelligent tactics. But my final thought is this. The toys have closed the schools, but they haven't listened to the profession. Because what did the profession say? He said, we need the schools closing, but then we need proper support for the people, those children. That's what they said. They mm -hmm. weren't arguing, arguing simply about the teachers, weren't the union. They were speaking about the kids in whose interest they've gone into the profession in the first place. And let me just say this. The Tories have abandoned. Closing the schools, for them, means abandoning those poorest children, mm -hmm. of whom there are millions in our country living in poverty. They've abandoned them. It's simply such a disgraceful situation that our society's mm -hmm. got in Definitely. that we've abandoned a generation of kids in this way. Absolutely. And it's not that, you know, they've abandoned them, but they've also left it up to teachers to be putting themselves yeah. at risk going into school, keeping yeah. kids going. And they've the government basically have just washed trying to wash their hands of all responsibility. And we cannot let that happen. Final words before we go. And please let me just remind you, do follow us on the No Holding Back Twitter, Facebook, and um, you can catch up with everything on our website. If I was to ask both of you, Sarah and Peter, what should the wider labour movement be doing now to support you? Um, what can we be pushing for people, action that people can take to show solidarity? What would the answer be? I'm, as I say, I'm starting this campaign to, if Ofsted want emails, I'll get them emails and it will be emails uh, of people supporting you guys. That's what my mission is right now. What action, Peter? We still, we don't know what the impact of this lockdown is going to be. We don't know whether schools are going to be going back at the end of February as planned or whether further spikes are likely. We've got six weeks to talk about the future of education. And that means that it's a, going to be a short period of time to determine what happens in, in, in the long term. And it needs a fundamental reassessment of what value we put on education. Ministers say that providing adequate funding for schools is too expensive, but kids get one chance at an education and yeah. price ignorance. So, yeah. you know, the, 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 stake, the stakes are high. We need to redress all of the balances that, that we've talked about. At the very least, when we go back, what we're looking at is requisitioning town halls, sports centres, libraries to allow for smaller class sizes, a better mm. ratio of teacher to student better social distancing and guaranteeing as much as we can a longer period of face-to-face -face provision without repeated disruptions, which is what we want to avoid. We warn mm. the government we could avoid, but they gambled uh, children's chances on, on, on their mantra being correct. And that yeah. there's got to be some consequences for that. We can't allow it to happen again. There definitely needs to be consequences. Final word, Sarah, to you. What do you want to see happening next? How can we show solidarity? I mean, I agree with exactly what uh, Peter's just said there, and we're all aware of the catastrophic impact the underfunding has had on education. But what I want to just say here is I'm going to make a plea also for everybody's support. This week, GCSEs and A-levels, etc., were cancelled. We have mm. no idea what assessment the government is expecting us to, to put into place to deal with this problem. I had a year 11 parents evening via Zoom yesterday and it was awful. Having to tell parents, guardians, yet again, their mm. children's education was up in the air. Could I tell them a solution? 
No, because the mm. government has said absolutely nothing other than some vague ideas about what is going to be done. These are children who've already had their learning disrupted and they're being told, you've now got no exams. In September, yeah. we told the government these exams needed to be, something needed to be done. So really my plea would be, yes, for education and that money and that investment, but at the moment, if everybody can pressure for mm. a solution to be found to this debacle with the exam crisis, then really that too is so important because this is children's lives and we need to deal with this and they need an answer. It has such a negative impact on their mental health and well-being yeah. and that's really important too. Thank you so much to uh, Peter and Sarah for joining us. That's just, this is what people need to hear. I encourage everybody, if you are not in a trade union, make sure that you join one. Make sure you are following and supporting the NEU. Follow us on No Holding Back. John and Ian, as always, it's a pleasure and I look forward to next week. Maybe one day we can start discussing some of the, you know, the good things that are happening in this country. But I won't hold my breath currently because we desperately need new leadership. And that's why I personally want to see people like Sarah and Peter on those green benches in Parliament. If only it was filled with people like them. Eh? Thank that's you so lovely. much for listening and we will see you next week. No Holding Back and Sovex Low Podcast Production.